With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transformed their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now, here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, president of Thinking Bigger Business Media. And you're going to learn quite a few things today because our guest is Alana Mueller. She is the president of Kaufman Fast Track, which is a global provider of courses that equip aspiring and existing entrepreneurs with the business skills and insights, tools, resources, and the network, importantly the network, to start and grow their businesses successfully. Kaufman Fast Track was created by the Ewing Marion Kaufman Foundation, which is the largest foundation in the world devoted to entrepreneurship. Alana is also the author of a book called Coffee, Lunch, Coffee, a practical field guide for master networking, and also a companion blog located at coffeelunchcoffee.com. She is also a frequent lecturer and workshop facilitator on a variety of topics such as networking, entrepreneurship, and women in business, and she's been a contributor to Forbes.com, The Huffington Post, CNBC, and several other publications. Welcome to the show today, Alana. Oh, Kelly, thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to to hear about Coffin Fast Track as well as your book. I've heard a lot of things about it, and so being able to talk with you one-on-one is is absolutely a pleasure. So so let's talk about Coffin Fast Track first. Many of our listeners may actually be graduates of some of the programs, but let's talk about its history first. What, how sure. did it started and why? Well, we are about to launch our 20th anniversary celebration, so it's a very exciting time here at Kaufman Fast Track. The history is that Fast Track was originally created as a one-day program uh, in, in Los Angeles. It was two University of Southern California professors who were frustrated with what they saw going on in the city of Los Angeles, really tied to uh, poverty, violence, and unrest, largely the result of unemployment. And so their idea was to create a way to empower people to create their own jobs and to get themselves off the street productive again and to end the cycle of poverty. When Ewing Ewing Kaufman, our founder and benefactor, learned about what they were doing, he tested it in Kansas City. It was in January of 1993, and it was so successful. He had a one-day program in Kansas City for about 900 people. They ate up what was being offered, and he said, you know, it's not just people in Los Angeles and Kansas City who need this, it's people all across the country. So in 1994, he commercialized Fast Track and took it across the nation. So in in the first 17 years of its history, Fast Track trained about 300,000 people to start and grow businesses successfully, which remains our mission today. 
amazing. So from that one course in the first 900 people, it has now grown to uh, over 300,000, as you said. And I'm sure that number's higher because you gave a statistic from a couple of years ago. So. It is. We, we think we're close to about 350,000 people now who have been touched in some way by Fast Track over over all these years. So it's a very exciting opportunity. So, so your origin was in uh, some underserved places in Los Angeles, and it was to break the cycle of, of poverty by empowering these people to acquire skills that they could go out and use to set up a small business and get back on their feet. Who's your target audience now? It's broadened quite a bit, hasn't it? It certainly has. You know, not to be all things to all people, but really for any type of entrepreneur, whether that individual is somebody with an idea for a new business, somebody with a young firm who really wants to go back to the basics and to build in the fundamentals associated with a successful business, or frankly, somebody who has an established business that's been in business for a number of years, who instead of doing the business planning associated with the startup, really wants to do strategic planning to determine how to take that business to the next level. So so it really is applicable to anybody interested in business. The, the interesting part um, of offering courses like this is that the course is the course is the course. That said, to, to try to address the unique needs of some of our particular audiences, we've actually created some, some unique programming. Um, in particular, we have course offerings specifically designed for women in business, for baby boomers who, instead of selecting retirement, are, t- are choosing to open their own firms, and also for veterans. In fact, we have a very exciting initiative going on right now for veterans who are interested in starting businesses. We have some courses starting, uh, some in person, some online. In fact, we have a, two online courses starting one July 24th and another starting September 25th. For veterans, and we have a partner who is willing to subsidize 50% of the cost of taking one of these courses. So it's a it's a great chance for veterans who are interested in transitioning back to civilian life and who want to try their hand at entrepreneurship to do so. Right, and that brings up an important point because our listeners out there are from all over the country, and there may be some veterans, there may be some women, there may be some aspiring entrepreneurs who are thinking. This is for me. This is exactly what I need. But I'm not in Kansas City. I'm not in Los Angeles. Uh, you mentioned there's a couple of online opportunities for the veteran classes that you're offering. How how do people access these programs? Are there are there programs in every major city? Are they offered online? Tell us a little bit about that. The the great news is the answer is yes. They're offered. The courses. Most of our courses are offered in a face to face classroom style setting. Uh, They're offered across the nation and really around the world uh, for people in their local communities. For those individuals who, however, cannot get to to a class in person, we do have some online opportunities. And so really for everyone, I would encourage people to visit our website. It's it's www.fasttrack, spelled F-A-S-T-T-R-A-C.org. And at the bottom of the homepage on the right-hand side is a location finder. Somebody can enter their zip code, and they will be presented with options not only in their local community, but also the online options that are available to them. Okay. And and importantly, too, somebody out there might be listening and think, well, yeah, I, I'm an established business. I've had a certain degree of success. Certainly I can learn more of it. 
I don't want to sit through a class with people who are still bouncing business ideas around that don't even have their door open yet. Tell me how the classes work to try to target the different groups. You have you actually have you have your basic curriculum, but you don't you don't put mixed people together like that, do you? That you have that's correct, tracks. Kelly. Yeah, that's correct. We have really um, several different varieties of fast track. The most common uh, the most common courses are these. The first is called Fast Track New Venture, and it's really for anybody with an idea for a new business or for a very young firm uh, under two years old. And and what it will do is take the individual through all the fundamentals associated with getting a business up and off the ground. A second course that is similar to Fast Track New Venture is called Fast Track Tech Venture. Now, the differential here is that Individuals in Fast Track Tech Venture are starting a, a technology or science-driven organization. And what I mean by that are medical discoveries, drug discoveries, uh, true scientific developments that require more time spent on intellectual property protection, on succession planning and fundraising for a technology-style business, etc. Sure. The third course that's very popular among established business owners is called Fast Track Growth Venture. Again, different from the participants in Fast Track New Venture and Fast Track Tech Venture, these individuals have a track record of success. They're not looking to do business planning. They're truly looking to do strategic planning to learn to take their business to the next level. Okay. So there's something out there really for just about any stage of business and also for some of the different verticals that you mentioned so that you can really hone in on the issues, the challenges that those particular verticals or those particular uh, target groups like women or veterans are facing. So That's exactly right. There's, there's something for everybody, but you're not all thrown in together. You actually have your own separate courses and tracks that you can sign up for. 20 years, I mean, that is amazing. I'm sure that if it wasn't done from the beginning, that at some point along the way, somebody started tracking results from these classes. What kind of, for lack of a better word, what kind of proof are you seeing that Fast Track works, that the, the people who go through these start businesses or don't start businesses, that's a good outcome too, uh, and, and with the excuse me, the contributions that's made to the economy? Well, let me, let me give you a couple of examples, um, just in terms of statistics. We know from our participants who took courses, say, in, in 2011, we know that about 41% of our new venture participants actually started businesses, which is a remarkable percentage. And by starting a business, I mean that they actually filed paperwork in their state to say, I am a truly established business, which is extremely exciting. We also know that of our fast-track participants in that same year, they each created about four full-time positions and about two part-time positions, which means that not only did they create jobs for themselves, but they're helping to expand our overall economy by creating jobs for others. Absolutely. Uh, a third item that I'll mention is for those participants who took Fast Track Growth Venture, more than 20% of them told us that they were able to grow their business by 25% or more in terms of revenue generation as a result of the work that they did to prepare their business through Fast Track. So just really exciting results. One other thing that I'll mention, which is it's not statistically driven, but uh, much more subjectively driven, and that is I think that there are three appropriate outcomes to any fast-track course. The first is that you go in with a business idea, you take the course and iterate on your business concept, and you leave and you start that company. And I say, congratulations, that's exactly what you originally intended. 
The second successful outcome is that you go in with a business idea and you discover during the term of the course that the idea is not commercially viable. Well, now you have a skill set that you can utilize to start a different business. So again, I think that's extremely successful. There is a third successful outcome that may sound counterintuitive, but people often will go into a fast track course with a business idea and they'll discover, you know what, it turns out I'm not an entrepreneur. And I say that's okay too because we've just saved you a lot of time, effort, heartache, money, etc. And instead, you also have a skill set that you can use now to serve in an intrapreneurial capacity for somebody else's business. Absolutely. And I'm glad you brought those up because you and I both, we have seen so many people start up businesses. And as you mentioned, that heartache when they realize that whether it's because of the money that it takes, they were undercapitalized going in, or they're just not cut out to put in because their family circumstances or just because personally that's not their the lifestyle they wanted, the number of hours it's going to take, the number of uh, months or maybe even years that they have to go without a paycheck. And, and you just see so many risks their life savings or their family's funds, and it creates rifts in the families for many years to come. Absolutely. So wonderful outcome. Even though you said it might be counterintuitive, you, you save some people, and as you say, then they still have some skills. So one more time, if somebody's interested in signing up for the Fast Track classes or just finding out more information about them, where would they get that? I would encourage them to visit, our, again, our website. It's fasttrack.org, spelled F-A-S-T. TRAC.org. And I would just put in one additional plug for our veterans. We do have a special website. It's fasttrack.org slash veterans. And there they can find out all about the opportunities available for our, our military personnel and, and veteran personnel. Okay, that's great. And for those of you who are going to continue to listen, uh, we will repeat that at the end of the show too. So, Alana, I want to turn now to something that you've been doing. Obviously, part of the Kaufman Fast Track program is to provide a network for people, and you personally uh, are on a mission to help people network better, and you had to develop a process yourself uh, for networking, which I'll let you talk about. So you have a new book out. It's called Coffee, Lunch, Coffee, A Practical Guide for Master Networking. Uh, Why a book on networking? Why is that so important? Well, I have to tell you, it is my personal passion, my guilty pleasure. I can honestly tell you I love networking. And I know so many people say that they don't, but I often think when people think of the word networking, they think of it in negative terms as schmoozing or an uncomfortable, awkward silence among people you don't know. Uh, When I think of networking, I think really of three things. I think of connecting with others. I think of establishing community. And I think of deepening my own sense of belonging. And I think that if each of us can consider networking in those terms, again, connecting, community, and belonging, it makes networking so palatable and important and useful for all of us. You know, what happened to me was I had been an executive in a corporation for many years, and I had a wonderful, a wonderful career there. It was it was. Uh, challenging and exciting, and I got to advance in so many ways. Um, But I decided after 10 years that I wanted to start my own company. But when I looked up and realized that I'd been so head down and overly focused on the four walls of my corporation for too many years, it occurred to me I didn't know anybody outside of those four walls. And so I threw myself into connecting with others. And what I discovered is that people wanted to connect. They, everybody said yes. I asked over a nine-month period of time when I 
first began networking intentionally, I asked for 205 people to connect with me. And of those 205 people, 200 of them said yes. And so what was amazing is that not only was I seeking to connect with others, but they in turn were seeking to connect with me. And so I really encourage people to not think of networking as something that they ought to do, but really to think of it as an imperative. This is not a luxury that we afford ourselves occasionally. It must be something that we engage in. It's an obligation. Uh, and, And I find for myself that not only is it part of my DNA, as it should be for really any human being, but I find that I... I learn and I come away better off for the experience, whether the networking encounter is a one-on-one experience or even in a larger group setting. I I leave smarter and with a connection that I now have for life. Very true. All those points are very true. I want to go back to the number that you gave us. So you extended an invitation to 205 people. 200 of them responded. That is phenomenal. I know a lot of business owners who would say, what is that secret? I have pounded on doors and pounded on doors, made phone calls, can't get people to take my call, and you were able to connect with 200 of the 205. Uh, what did you do to, to come up with that? I mean, did you was that a very filtered list? Uh, you, you must have been very purposeful about those 205 uh, in order to get those kinds of results. How did you, how did you do that? Well, you know, I think the secret is warm introductions. Um, the, the way that I started is I identified five people in my own community who I'd done volunteer work with. They were individuals who I knew to be professionals, you know, in the community. And I asked each of them to join me for either coffee or lunch. They each said yes. We had a conversation about their career journeys, about my own aspirations. And at the end of each conversation, I said, who are some, now that you know my story, who are some other people who you suggest that I connect with? And, you know, to my amazement, everybody had suggestions. So they would give me the names of three to five additional people to connect with. I would reach out to those individuals, and the chain continued. And so, you know, if, if I had met with somebody named Kelly, and, I, and we had a great conversation, I'd say, Kelly, who else should I connect with? Kelly would provide me those connections, and I would reach out to those individuals. And, and in the subject line of my emails, for example, I would say, introduction from Kelly. Mm-hmm. And that, that mutual connection, that sort of knowledge that we have a mutual connection really helped to forge those relationships. And so really, it was a chain. It was, it was one person making an introduction to another person, and the cycle continued. Yes, and you you make a very, very important point that cannot be stressed enough, and that is you sat down with these five individuals that you knew well through um, nonprofit work, I believe you said, uh, that you Uh had uh, done with them, and you had these conversations where you got to know each other even better. So when it came time for you to ask for those referrals, those networking referrals, they knew enough about you that they could process through their Rolodex, so to speak, or their contact list, so to speak, and, and they knew then who to connect you to and they, that they wouldn't be wasted introductions. And so many people just show up to places and start giving their business card to anybody before even finding out who you are or what you're about. So... So that that's exactly of, right. That kind of a conversation is so important before you can even ask anybody for a referral. Well, you know, I um 
I think also instructive to the to the networking process. It's, so if network, if I believe networking to be connections, community, and belonging, I think it's also informative to think about what networking is not. And what I say, networking is not about money, and it's not about making a sale, and it's not about landing a job, and it is most definitely not about collecting a pocket full of other people's business cards. Yes. You know, so jobs and sales and money are all will come as a result of networking efforts, but that's not what networking is. And certainly there is a place in life for business cards. I think network business cards are a very important tool for networking, but that is not what networking is about. Especially at a at a large group function or a big networking event, I find those events to often be very awkward and intimidating. And and I think that people when they attend them should not think, okay, how many people can I meet or how can I fill my pocket with other people's business cards. Instead, it should be, I'm going to seek to meet one or two or maybe three people to have a meaningful enough conversation with that I want to continue to build this relationship, that I want to see the conversation carry on beyond today. Right. And for those people who are, well, for lack of a better word, shy or who are hesitant to go up in, especially in a big group like you just mentioned, uh, hesitant to go up and introduce themselves. What kind of advice would you give to people like that? And a lot of times people who are new in the community face that because they really don't know anybody yet that can uh, introduce them, and so they have to do it on their own. What would you say to people who are a little bit uh, hesitant to to go up and make those introductions themselves? You know, I, I often get the question um, about introverts versus extroverts in yeah. the networking uh, sort of scenario. And honestly, I think that introverts are much better networkers, which, again, I know sounds counterintuitive, but what's so brilliant about introverts is that they're so good at the one-on-one conversation. They're wonderful listeners. They they intently focus on the person with whom they're dealing at the moment. And so they are actually better networkers if they can sort of get past the the intimidation associated with reaching out to somebody, they can have a phenomenal networking experience and a wonderful relationship base. Frankly, when it comes to extroverts, the challenge that extroverts have is that they're almost too gregarious. That you know, If they're sitting in a large networking event, not only are they having a conversation with the person they're talking to, but they're also looking around the room to see who else they can connect with next. And so they're they're less focused and less less intent on listening to the person that they're having a conversation with. So I I absolutely, you know, understand and and feel for people who feel shy or scared or, or intimidated, but my encouragement would be, you know, if you can take that first step, if you can simply reach out to somebody and I think email is a really good way to to ask for the networking meeting. It really gives your your contact or your connection point a, a, a time to sort of process and digest what it is you're asking for, which is simply to have a cup of coffee. Um, so, so I think that um, both introverts and extroverts can have you know wonderful networking experiences. Where do some of the new technologies play into all of this? For example, it, you mm-hmm. just you just reminded me here when you were talking about email being a great tool for the introduction. Uh, a lot of times, what I'll do is after I even if it's somebody I know introducing me uh, to someone else, 
I'll take a few minutes before I call them up or respond to the email and go out to LinkedIn and see if I can find out more about them and put a, a face with their name and oh uh, yeah those kinds of things. So so how does how does social media how does uh, how do these new forms of technology play into the whole networking process? Again, I think they're really really important tools. I'm a huge fan of LinkedIn and you know this is not a sales pitch for LinkedIn, but I think any right. professional you know, who wants to be connected today must be on LinkedIn. You know, you can choose how much information to share or otherwise, but it is a wonderful resource not only to tell others about yourself, but to learn about others, to learn about companies, and to make connections. So I think LinkedIn is a great resource. People's company websites are really important. Uh, Facebook can be important depending on uh, what information is out there. Um, and, and I also think that people should check out Twitter, uh, is, is somebody active on Twitter and what are they talking about or what's important to them? And then maybe the most basic out of all of these is just simply Google somebody. Uh, you know, we should all be Googling ourselves just to know what's out there on us. It's, sometimes it's rather hilarious, but <laughs> but that will be the first thing that people do when they decide to connect with you is to right. Google your name. So you should be Googling others and also know what's available on the Internet about yourself. Well, that's true. And when it comes to looking people up, one of the, the besides finding out a little bit more about the person's own background, a lot of times I'm pleasantly surprised to find out at how many connections we have in common. And oh, absolutely. So, so that's that starts to solidify the relationship even more before you've even had the face-to-face meeting. And it also gives you some fodder for conversation, especially for people who might be, as you, we've talked about before, a little bit intimidated that to be able to say, you know, oh, I saw that you also know such and such, and you know, the conversation can. Like, of an icebreaker and, and so forth, but uh, so many so many tools available, including your book, Coffee, Lunch, Coffee, and given the process that you used for building that network with, you know, having coffee, lunch, and, and coffee, uh, what are some of the other things that you say in the book? If I were to buy the book, uh, how is it structured? What is it? What are some of the other tips that you provide in the book? I know we only have a few minutes, so you can only hit a couple, but just a little bit more insight into uh, what somebody might find through your book. Well, let me share two things. Um, the first is the title. I think, you know, it's kind of my my cutesy way of describing the way that I organized my days. You know, I already mentioned I'd been an executive with a, a major corporation, and so not surprisingly, my days were very structured. They were very meeting intensive. And so it occurred to me when I began networking intentionally that if I could structure my days to match the people that with whom I wanted to connect, that would be an easier way to do it. So my idea was to schedule a meeting in the morning, a meeting at midday, and a meeting in the afternoon. So I called it Coffee Lunch Coffee. That that construct won't work for everybody. Right. Uh, you know, my my joke is that for college students, it's probably brunch and beer. You know, so <laughs> it's not going to necessarily be coffee, lunch, coffee, and I don't think it has to be. Right. I think that you know, if you if you can commit to yourself to schedule even one networking connection per week or one networking meeting, pick your time. Is it a coffee meeting? Is it lunch? Is it drinks in the late afternoon? It really doesn't matter. The notion is schedule time in your regular day, your regular work week to make sure that you connect with others. So that that's number one. Um, number two would be, I, I always suggest that people start by making four lists. The first is a list of people you already know, uh, people in your relationship base with whom you'd like to reconnect. And these can be people that you 
saw yesterday. It could be somebody you haven't seen in three years. The idea is that there is information to share. And I know we all know thousands of people. Start small. Start with, say, five people. Start with one person. Decide one person that you want to reconnect with uh, from your, your current relationship base. So that's the first list. The second list is a list of people you don't know but would like to. And I guarantee you the people on list number one can help you meet the people on list number two. The the third list is a list of companies you'd like to get to know or firms or not-for-profit organizations, but organizations that you want to learn more about. And then the final list is a little different. It is a list of your value set, your non-negotiables. What are you focused on? What are you not willing to give up through the networking process? And so what you would find in the book is not only a discussion of each of these lists, but a collection of other exercises and explanations about how to engage in those exercises, including, by the way, a way to finish your LinkedIn profile um, that, that an individual can engage in. It's specifically called a field guide so that people will write in the book, write in the margins, and begin the networking process for themselves. Okay, so a very practical, interactive, not just a book, but an actual tool. And if somebody's interested in getting your book, Coffee, Lunch, Coffee, where would they go to get that? Well, they can certainly visit my website, coffeelunchcoffee.com. There is my blog as well as some videos and a way to purchase the book. And if they do it there, I would be happy to, to personalize it and sign it for the individual. It's also available on Amazon, so I hope people will check it out. Okay, so coffeelunchcoffee.com. Go out there to get a copy, a personalized copy of the book. You can also sign up to get the blog. There's some videos and some other tools on the website. And then before we leave today, could you remind us again, if anybody is interested in the Fast Track classes or information in more detail, where would they go? Certainly, it's fasttrack.org, spelled F-A-S-T-T-R-A-C.org. Well, Alana, you have been a wealth of information today. It's no surprise, just having talked with you, that you have uh, been so successful at networking, so willing to share, and a lot of useful ideas and information for all of our listeners today. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Kelly. And for all of you listening, we appreciate you tuning in today. If you would like to continue to receive resource information and tools for growing your business, we would invite you to go out and connect with us on Twitter. I think bigger is our Twitter handle or go out, or both, uh, go out and sign up for to like our Facebook page, which is Thinking Bigger Business Media. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.